Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Greek, for the Jew first, and also for the Gentile. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. I believe a Christian should meditate on that statement, the just shall live by faith. Because there's a powerful message in that statement. And you notice that word live in there. The just shall live by faith. The gospel is the power to save us and to give us eternal life, to forgive us our sins. But in it is also the power to live the Christian life. And I know from personal experience that sometimes we don't always connect the dots between the cross of Christ and the life that we live now in this present time. And so when the Apostle Paul writes here that he talks about the power of God to salvation... For everyone who believes, and he talks about living by faith, it also is talking about the life we live between now, the time we believe the, the message of salvation, and the time that we cross from this life into the next, from here to eternity. The just shall live by faith. And I mentioned this last week, this verse, but I want to mention it again this week. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, where the Apostle Paul says in verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, that's present time, the life that I live today, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and he gave himself for me. <coughs> and this is where we as Christians can lose sight of a most important truth, that the life we are living now, we should be living by faith in Jesus. Not just when we get to heaven today. I should be living by faith in Jesus for today. The life that I live right now, I live by faith in the Son of God. For today. I think if we believe in Christ, we live every day believing in the salvation of going to heaven through the blood of Jesus. 
But the question is, is it no longer I that live, but Christ that lives? Do we live by that truth? Because in Romans 6 it says, we've been buried with Christ. We died with Christ. We've been buried with Christ. We were raised into a new life. This is the new life that Paul's talking about here. The life that I now live, I live by faith in Jesus, the Son of God. He's saying right here, it's no longer me who lives, but Jesus lives in me. The problem is, is that we can let the flesh get in the way of that. That we are still living on some part-time basis. Or some 50-50 or 30-60 or 30-70 or, you know, 20-80. Where we're still letting the flesh have some of its way. You say, well, is it possible to live 100%? You know, Paul says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in Jesus, who loved me and gave himself for me. Living by faith means believing these things that we read in the scriptures, that whatever we read in the scriptures is true, and we live by it. And if the Bible says we've died with Christ, and we've been raised with him to walk in a new life, not our old life, not our old way of living, but the new life, life in Jesus Bible says in Romans 6 that we died to sin and we're alive to God in Christ Jesus. If we are falling into sin, if we're falling into temptation, if we're discouraged about these things, it's because we're not living by faith in the Son of God in these areas of our life. So when the Bible says that the just shall live by faith, it means by faith that we believe that we've died with Christ so that we can live with Christ, that we were raised with him to walk in this new life. The just shall live by faith in the new life. This life that Christ has given us. The life that I live now is not the life that I lived before. It should no longer be I who is living. And so, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, In verse 18, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. 
the cross of Jesus, through faith in the cross of Jesus, it unleashes the power of God in our life. In our life for today. That we might live in Christ. That Christ might live in us. And that we might walk in the Spirit. The power of God has been given to us through the cross. Authority has been given to us through the cross. Being, having our prayers answered now, having the ability to have our prayers answered now, is through the cross. All the things that are possible for us now are through the cross of Jesus. The message of the cross opens the door for us to be to have available to us the power of God. The power of God to have our prayers answered answered. The power of God to live the Christian life. The power of God through spiritual gifts. <clears throat> so there we go to Romans chapter 8. There is, verse 1, Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. You notice the word now in there? There is no condemnation now present tense, to those who are in Christ Jesus. As we walk with Christ, there's no condemnation. And it says, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. We walk according to the Spirit by faith. We believe this message Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the deeds of the flesh. And the question is today, do we believe this message? Do we believe the message of walking in the Spirit? Of walking according to the Spirit? In verse 11 it says this, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you and me. Do we believe it? Do we believe the word of God that Jesus' spirit is living in us? The spirit of God lives in us. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and all the things that we see that Jesus did he did through the Spirit. 
All the things the apostles did, how they lived, they did through the Spirit. Do we believe that that Spirit lives in us? That's what it's saying here. This is something that kind of can be dormant in the Christian. This thinking, this truth can be on the back burner, hanging in a hook somewhere for a Christian. But yet it says here that God's Spirit, the same Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in us. It's not a junior version of the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity. We sang this morning about God in three persons, the Blessed Trinity. I've been wrestling with that since I was a child, singing that song <laughs> in the church I grew up in. And it's like, but it is the third person of the Trinity. God, the Holy Spirit, comes to live inside of us. We become the house, the temple of the Holy Spirit, a dwelling place for the Spirit of God. And so here we are. And it says, He lives in us. The same powerful supernatural spirit that, li that lived in Jesus, that raised Jesus from the dead, now lives in us. That's why Paul says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. <coughs> Through the Holy Spirit, the spirit that he's given us. The life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. The life that I now live, I live believing that he's living in me. That he's given me his nature. We have become partakers of God's nature. Verse 12, therefore, brothers, we are debtors or we have an obligation. Not to, live, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. These are the children of God. Those who are being led by the Spirit of God. Because there are some who hear the voice of the Spirit, hear the invitation. It says they taste of the heavenly gift and they're enlightened, but they refuse to humble themselves to be led by the Spirit. And so it says here, if we live according to the flesh, we will perish. we reject the Spirit's leading, we harden our hearts and we refuse Him who calls from heaven. It says we're going to perish. The Holy Spirit is leading, guiding, and teaching and comforting and helping us. Jesus said all those things about the Holy Spirit. But there are some who are going to harden their hearts and stubbornly refuse. 
to continue in him. As it says in the book of Hebrews, what shall be said for those who neglect so great a salvation? That's why it says that we should pay more, pay more close attention to the things we heard, lest we drift away from them. We as Christians have an obligation. The obligation is to put the death, by the Holy Spirit, put the death, the deeds of the body. You will live. That's why Paul says it's no longer me that's living. Because Paul put to death the deeds of the body by the power of the Holy Spirit. What about us? Is that what we're doing? Is that the way we're living? We're putting to death the deeds of the body. We're putting to death all the carnality. We're putting to death the unbelief. We're putting to death all the things that are against the word of God. And bringing every thought captive to obeying Christ. Is that what we're doing? Because that's what living by faith is all about. The life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. He loved me and he gave himself for me. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery again to fear. You received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. You notice that he said it's not a spirit of fear. It's not fear. But why do I feel fear? That's not the way of the Holy Spirit. That's not the Holy Spirit speaking to fear, to live in fear, the fear of man, the fear of death, the fear of life. The Holy Spirit teaches us the fear of God. And to walk by faith. It is a spirit of power. The power to walk by faith. Spirit of love. The spirit of self-control. Self-discipline. A sound mind. So Paul writes to Timothy. But then why do we struggle so much with fear? Because we're listening to the flesh. We're carnally minded. Because we said it's not a spirit of fear. We just read that. We just talked about that. Paul said it's not a spirit of fear. You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. We walk in fear. It's slavery. It's torment. It says fear is torment. It says. And yet we can be bound in fear. And it's the question is how do we hear? Are we hearing what the Spirit of God is saying. Jesus said, He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And he's not talking about these ears that hang on our head. He's talking about spiritual ears. How are we hearing in our hearts? Are we hearing what the Spirit of God is saying? We have not received the spirit of fear. This message is so important for the day we live in because so many are living in fear. So many are not just living in fear, 
They're enslaved to it. They're bound in it. They got shackles on. Shackles of fear. It's just where the enemy wants the children of God. To be walking around with iron shackles of fear around their wrists and around their ankles. The ball and chain. No. We have to stop living that way. We have to live by faith in the Son of God for the problems that come upon us. As we read the Old Testament, we read story after story after story. And men and women of God who live by faith and men and women who did not live by faith. And you see the outcome of them. And somehow we can get in our head that God dealt with people differently. So, you know, it's all different. But the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians, those things that are written, those stories that are written in the Old Testament are written for us to learn. To learn. Learn about God. Learn about how He deals with us. God hasn't changed. Yes, we're in a new covenant, but God is still God. He does not change. It says in the book of Hebrews, Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. God is still a God of love and mercy. He's still a holy God. He still answers prayer. He still helps his people. Hey, well, God doesn't help people now the way he did then. Really? Can you show me anywhere in the New Testament that it says that? We're being duped. We're being deceived when we think that way. God is still the same. And he still wants us to trust him. Why? So he can drop us on our head and say, oh, I know you trusted me, but, you know. God wants us to trust him so that he, we, can be part, we can be rewarded and we can be helped. Jesus said, if you pray in secret, you'll be rewarded openly. There's a reward for trusting him. In the book of Hebrews, it says in chapter 11, that in order to please God, we must believe that he will reward us for seeking him diligently. God's still the same that way. Yes, the new covenant has different teachings in it than the first covenant, different commands. But the fact is, although the covenants are different, God is the same. And he still responds to those who trust him. To those who don't trust him, we don't please him. We're not pleasing God for not trusting him. The opposite is true of what it says in Hebrews 11. We please God if we believe he will reward us for diligently seeking him. But if we don't believe he will reward us for diligently seeking him, number one, we're not going to diligently seek him. And number two, we're not going to be rewarded. That's the way it is. John chapter 6. 
verse 28. Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. That's doing the work of God. You know, this is a major deception in Christendom. And it's a deception in those who are not saved, too. That following God is a lot of do's and don'ts. Because they see do's and don'ts in the Old and the New Testament. But what they don't see is what Jesus is talking about here. To believe in him whom he has sent. Believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. And live the life that we now live. We live by faith in the Son of God. This is the foundation that we build on. This is the Christian life. Believing in Jesus who God the Father has sent. And gave his life for us. This is the message of the gospel. Believe in him whom he has sent. Everything else is built upon that. Because if we don't have that, if the Apostle Peter says there's no other foundation which we can build on. There's no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. There's no other foundation, it's written in the New Testament, that we can build on. Other than believing on him who the Father has sent. For salvation, for life, to overcome sin, temptation, to raise children in a Sodom and Gomorrah world, to, to deal with all the problems of health and and society and everything and anything our needs being met it's all connected to this foundational truth to believe on him who God has sent for all these things it's all connected to Jesus and what he did on the cross and what he and what is available to, available to us through that The Apostle Peter writes about, through Christ we have great and precious promises given to us. That through these we may escape to the corruption that is in the world and become partakers of the divine nature. In verse 33, Jesus says, John 6, 33, For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to him, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. Well, we can say, we don't understand what Jesus is saying here. Because, boy, I've been a Christian 
for 30 years and boy, 40 years, boy, I, I feel hungry sometimes. I feel hungry every day and thirsty every day. It's because Jesus is not talking about physical hunger and thirst. He's talking about spiritual hunger, spiritual thirst. We find our satisfaction through coming to Him and feeding upon Him and being filled with the Spirit. No hunger and no thirst in our inner man. And that's what it's all about. And through faith, we come to Him every day. And He sustains us every day. Give us this day our daily bread. Not just physical bread for our bodies, but spiritual bread for our soul and spiritual drink. He said, my flesh is food indeed and my blood is drink indeed. His life flowing in us. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The spiritual life. He is the bread of life. Spiritual life. And so he says, come to me. And you'll be fulfilled and have satisfaction in your inner man through coming to him. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. It's the words of Jesus. Are we feeding on him? Are we living through him? Is he living in us? Are we walking believing that? Chapter 7, verse 37. When the last day of the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty... Let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his innermost being, out of his heart, will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Well, guess what? He is, has been glorified. And he says, come to him. And from your innermost spirit, your inner man, out of your heart, will flow rivers of living water. Not a trickle, not a stream, not a creek. Not a thimbleful river. A flow through coming to him. And we will say something that when you really think about it, it's crazy. So I'm too busy. Too busy for spiritual things. Too busy for this river. To, as the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 5, do not be filled with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Now people will say, well, you know, Christians, well, I'm not getting filled with wine. I'm not... But what are we getting filled with? We're getting filled with something. He's using that as one comparison. There's a lot of other things he could have put in there. But he says, because he said wine, because it's easy to see the influence of wine on somebody. Some things are more subtle. 
being filled with carnal things of other types are not as easily seen. They're more subtle. Some things may not be sinful, but we're filling our life with it instead of being filled with the Spirit. Just being filled with busyness, work, play. You know, things that are not in themselves sinful, but we're, we're using them as a substitute in trying to find fulfillment in life that way. But it doesn't feed the Spirit. And it doesn't cause the Spirit to grow and, and, and be alive and take control. You know, we can wonder and wonder and wonder why we're being manipulated by the flesh and being overcome by the flesh and all those other things, but then we ask ourselves, we have to ask ourselves this very important question. What are we doing? What are we feeding? Because whatever we're feeding is going to become strong in us. If we're feeding our flesh and feeding our flesh and feeding our flesh and not feeding our spirit, let's not be surprised when our flesh has become strong and overtaken us and manipulating and maneuvering us and guiding us the wrong way. Because all we're doing is feeding our flesh. Say, well, how am I feeding my flesh? Well, so... Uh, you give it food, and drink, and all those kind of things, but we give it what it wants. We set our mind on earthly things instead of heavenly things. The Bible says those that are carnally minded set their mind on the things of this life. And that's what it is. It's a mindset that's misguided going the wrong way. The mindset's going the wrong way. And then the, there's the experience of going back and forth and back and forth. Sometimes I'm being guided by the flesh. Sometimes I'm being guided by the spirit. What does that look like? It looks like confusion is what it looks like. And the Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. Confusion does not come from God. Confusion comes from us walking on the fence, riding the fence of the flesh and the spirit. That's where confusion comes from. It's when that breeds confusion, breeds anxiety, fear, and all the other stuff. So that brings us to the point of self self-examination. The Apostle Paul writes at the end of one of the letters of Corinthians, to examine ourselves, to see whether we are in the faith, whether we're walking by faith in the Son of God. Uh, I believe that's the end of one of the letters of Corinthians. Examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith. Second Corinthians, maybe. <clears throat> okay. I don't remember where it is actually. That's why I didn't. I know it's in one of the Corinthians, but. 
Yeah, I'll look it up later. Second Corinthians thirteen five. Uh huh. So I knew it was at the end of one of them. That was right. It looked right above it. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. So we have to examine ourselves as to whether we're walking in faith. So we'll examine myself and to look for what? See if we're trusting God. To see if we're doing the works of God. We may be doing Christian works, but are we doing them by faith? Or are we just doing, are we just doing religion? Because Jesus said this is the work of God, to believe on on Jesus, whom, on Him whom He sent, the Father sent. And so that's why we have we examine ourselves to see what's going on. What's the motivations of my life? How am I operating? What's really going on? And we may be surprised to see that in some areas of our life, or many of our areas of our life, we're winging it. We're not really walking by faith in the Son of God. So this is this is the challenge today. Do we recognize that we've died with Christ? We've been crucified with Christ and the life that we now live, no longer us living, but Christ living in us. And the life we now live, we live by faith in the Son of God. When somebody else is living inside of us, we don't have recognition of it. You know, that sets up a lot of confusion and a lot of strange things, awkward things happening. A lot of uh, stuff that isn't right. So that's why we got we we got to really come down to these this basic foundation that the just shall live by faith, and the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. And this is the work of God: is to believe on Him, and the Father is sent. Some things to meditate on, and really. These scriptures should really come to the forefront of our minds regularly to really challenge ourselves and to really to gauge ourselves to see where we're at, if we're following the leading of the Holy Spirit or not. That's what I have. Brother Dan, if you want to continue on that or if anything else you want to share.